Hey, welcome to Trains Live, the Trains.com podcast. Do you like what you hear? Listen, check out this episode in video with a Trains.com unlimited membership. Click the link in the episode notes and watch it today. Oh, wait a minute, not a member? Try our 30-day free trial of Trains.com, the ultimate online portal for anyone who loves trains of any size from any era. Trains.com, it's your home for the most comprehensive railroading news and curated video series, articles, photos, and so much more, all about trains. Hey, welcome to Trains Live. I'm Bob Lettenberger, Associate Editor for Trains Magazine. We're out in Middleton, Wisconsin, a little bit away from Madison, the state capital. We're at a place called Spec Machine. It's a, it's a really neat little machine shop uh, right out in the middle of a farm, believe it or not, folks. And the big attraction, of course, is this, Chicago Northwestern, number 1385. Probably the, the signature steam locomotive, if you will, from the Chicago Northwestern. It's one of eight that remains from the Chicago Northwestern. And I'll tell you what, I, you know, I get, I get kind of a little personal connection with this locomotive. Um, back in the, the late 1980s, the Chicago Northwestern was running something called uh, Prosperity Specials, kind of a, a tour of the system, uh, you know, for business and goodwill purposes. Um, and I remember one day, a college buddy of mine comes running into my apartment going, Bob, Bob, there's a steam load going over in town. We got to go see this thing. Well, it turned out that in Oshkosh that day, the Prosperity Special had pulled into town. 1385 was leading it. We got to explore it, see the train. It was a neat thing. And now, some almost 40-odd years later, we are looking at 1385 as it's being restored. So today we're going to take a little walk around, learn about the locomotive, um, explore its history, and then kind of see where they are in the restoration, what it has taken to get to this point, and, well, what's, what's next for this old locomotive? Of course, 1385 is part of the collection of the Mid-Continent Railway Museum from North Freedom, Wisconsin. Um, Pete, come on in. Pete Dietz is a member of the 1385 task force that is uh, in the process of restoring this. And I'll tell you, she looks a lot different than when I saw her back in the 80s. But, man, she looks looks good. Progress is being made. It is, it is getting there. And thank you for, for doing this. <laughs> and, and, and welcome to Spec Machine. <laughs> You're quite welcome. Now, a little bit about the locomotive. Built back, if I remember, in the early 1900s, it's an R1. Uh, it's a 10-wheeler, and it was the largest class of locomotives on the, the Chicago Northwestern. Uh, something like 380 plus, 380 plus on the roster at some point. Why did Chicago Northwestern fall in love with, with this thing? Well, probably the first thing is, you know, some people refer to the Chicago Northwestern as the cheap and nothing wasted. It must have been the right price. Uh, it was a very, very versatile engine. Uh, it was able to pull larger freight trains um, than they had been with, with other power, but it was also fast enough to be used in passenger service. So it, it, it was a very, very good utility engine. Uh, they, and it also, it, it's the engine that caused a great rebuild in the railroad itself because they're heavier than anything that they'd had up to that point. Okay, she weighs in, we figured, a little north of 100 tons. And if I remember right, we're looking at, they had to, to rebuild track, rebuild bridges, um, even modify some of the engine houses. 
Yes, yeah, and we, we've even seen examples of employee timetables up to the 1940s that showed certain branch lines where R1s were prohibited because they were still too heavy for the, for the rail and for the track in some, in some of those branches. Branch lines, 100 tons was too heavy. This, this is up into the 40s still? That was the Chicago Northwestern. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, the, uh, very special locomotive because there's only eight uh, locomotives from the Chicago North Steam locomotives that have been preserved. So, um, you know, a very special piece. And I think a lot of folks in Wisconsin have got some incredible memories from when this was running. So um, we saw her on the Prosperity Specials. Pulled the circus train, right? Uh, it did a couple of years. Uh, that, that was before my involvement with, with Mid-Continent. Um, and of the, local, the Chicago Northwestern locomotives preserved, there are three R1s. Okay. And we're, we're very fortunate that another one is also being worked on. Uh, the 175 is, is being restored. Okay. And I should mention, you know, folks, um, here in Wisconsin, for a number of years, from the Circus World Museum in Baraboo, not too far from North Freedom and Mid-Continent, uh, there was a circus train that would be run annually from Baraboo over to Milwaukee. And it was, it was quite a spectacle. Um, ran on the Chicago Northwestern for a while. And when you had a steam locomotive pulling that, that was something. That was, that, you had to see that. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was just a, a very, very special event. Um, and... Circus World actually utilizes what was the Chicago Northwestern car shops. So they had a place to refurbish and work on their circus wagons at, at, the, at the same time Mid-Continent was able to, to work on this equipment. So somewhere down the road, we get her all done. She's polished the bells, the whistles, everything good. She's going to go back to, to North Freedom, to Mid-Continent. What happens then? She will be run. Now, we, we have a program that we are working on to retrain ourselves how to properly operate the locomotive, safely operate the locomotive, and maintain it. Because that's the purpose of the museum, is interpretation through actual use. And it's not only preserving the, the iron. It's not preserving the equipment. It's preserving the knowledge necessary to operate it. And, and we've learned many, many things that we have had to relearn in the methods of how this machine was built and how it, how it is to be maintained. We're going we're gonna to take a look at, at that part of it in a minute. We're going to take a look at the back head. But up here on the front, you mentioned the learning and the relearning. And something I'm noticing on the locomotive here, and this is always fascinating to me, is when you, you strip a, an old machine like this down, the surprises and things that you find along the way. It's kind of like remodeling a house, but you know, in Uber scale. And I'm, I'm noticing on the, on the front here, um, on the part of the, the cylinder assembly, um, you said that the locomotive was built back in 1907. Yes, sir. And I'm noticing that the casting on the one cylinder here is dated for December 12th, 1927. Um, little maintenance along the way, some use of spare parts. Well, we, we don't know exactly why that half of the cylinder saddle was replaced, um, but we do know that in 1928, the engine was superheated. The, the superheater units and all the appliances for that were applied to the engine. Uh, in part of doing that, 
the cylinders themselves, or the valve chests on the cylinders, had to be modified. Uh, as, as you see, the way this, the cylinders are built now, they're large pipe coming down. That is the steam right delivery. Okay. Yeah. This, this, this is the steam delivery pipe to the valve chest. And the, the steam comes from here into the valve, which is the smaller area. And the, there is a valve that moves inside that cage to admit the steam into the cylinder. And while, while you're admitting steam to one end of the cylinder to push the piston back, you also have to connect the other end of the piston to the exhaust because the steam piston is double acting. It, it's pushed one direction, then it's pushed the other direction. But if you're putting steam in on one end, you have to release it from the other side. Uh, one thing that, that, we, that the Northwestern did is these outside delivery pipes were necessary because the superheaters were added. Before that, this, this engine had pipes that were inside the smoke box, so the steam delivery came inside, you know, right down through the large casting here into the inside. So they, they made a, a modification kit to apply the outside steam delivery. So the, the cylinder on the other side has the, has the patch, the kit installed. This one, we don't know if, if, there was, had, if she had been in an accident or if when they were doing the modification, this cylinder just didn't work. You know, for some reason, they, it failed when they, when they tried to put the patch on it. But in, in, it has resulted in, a, in another cylinder. So two different dates, even, even though the, the original build date remains 1907. So it's kind of one of those things that until you start opening it up and removing the outside shell and getting down into it, we don't see some of these things, but when we get in there, another mystery gets presented to us, right. and now it, it, it adds to the history of the, the unit itself. And, and many other, other places we have found the, the, the railroad stamped parts for particular engines, like the, the bearing boxes, driving boxes, the, the side rods, were stamped for engines. We've found stampings for several different engines here in the 1385. Uh, engine number 425 is one number that comes to mind. So the CNNW didn't waste anything. <laughs> so, okay, so the locomotive comes into the shop. It's going to be rebuilt. Parts are coming off. And from what you're telling me, you know, maybe a, a, a part has to be machined or something, but hey, let's, you know, Let's keep this thing moving. Let's keep going. We got another driving rod on the shelf. It's from an R1. Smack it on, and away we go. That's that was pretty much it. You know, make sure that it fits. But it was a tool. You know, it was a tool used by the railroad, and it's if it's not producing, it's costing. Sure, sure. If if it's not pulling something, yeah, we're we're losing some money on it. You know, when I look at this now. And you can obviously see the parts that are um, original. Um, I know we'll talk in a little bit about the, the boiler some more, but the boiler is a, is a new fabrication, and, and man, that thing looks, looks beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is. It, it's, uh, quite a, it was quite an achievement. It, it was a, a very tough nut to crack and, and swallow to decide to have a new boiler built. 
but we did have surveys done of the original boiler when, when we were considering just repairing that. And it came to the point that the cost of repairs exceeded the cost of having a new boiler built. And so I'm going to imagine the new boiler, save for today's safety standards, pretty much is identical to the, the original? Yes. Yeah, it, it, we, well, we had to make it the original size so it would fit everything else. Mm -hmm. and, and in the places where that's critical, those sizes, such as the, the diameter of the smoke box here and, and the diameter of the, of the boiler barrel itself, so we could hang the other things on the on the boiler because there are brackets that fit to something of a specific diameter <laughs> but there, there are other other codes that we had that, that the uh, the company continental uh, manufacturing in st. Louis actually welded the boiler together for us and there there are current codes of construction that had to be followed with uh, with the methods that, that they used so it's slightly different than what was done in the day okay Research. <clears throat> research. You, you laugh. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> it, it's a constant learning process, and, and that's, that's part of the fun. I'm noticing on the table behind me, we've got, uh, we've got blueprints. I, I'm taking it for this. Uh, this is like the starting point. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, we, we are extremely, extremely lucky that an almost complete set of blueprints for the R1 class were preserved. Uh, we have we have these blueprints that were that uh, are the property of Lake States Historical Society in Baraboo, and they made they made copies for us. We were able to purchase copies, so we've got all sorts of you know, all all sorts of things. We don't have everything. Uh, just a second here, I'll so that. We, we don't have everything, and we also find out that in many places, boiler for example, what was on the paper was the engineer's intention, but what we had here was the boilermaker's art. <laughs> so the, the, people, the people in the shops took these drawings. That'll never work. You have to do it this way, and they made it work. <laughs> okay, and, and I'm going to guess also that the guys in the shop probably always – didn't necessarily write down their modification. <laughs> am I am I asking too much here? Yeah, notations. What are those? That that's something for the draftsman to do. You know, one thing that we did notice uh, in the uh, in the drawings that if the boiler would have been built to the exact dimension on the drawings, the there would have been a gap between the throttle and the dry pipe. Not not good. Uh, no, oh. <laughs> you'd have no control. You know, the throttle would not be connected to the engine. <laughs> okay, so so there's probably a little little uh, little gap in communication between the the reality of the shop and the front office. Okay, now my other question is this: we we've got the plans, and I can look at a steam locomotive and you know for the for the general public interpret how it works and probably some of the the nuances but nowhere's near of you know get inside and 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 look at some of the the fine points that are required to have it operate efficiently and safely what what's i mean is there is there a manual is there a book is there you know is there a mountain that we climb to uh, receive steam locomotive knowledge where do where do we go beyond the blueprints 
uh, we try to network with as many other people doing the same thing as possible. You know, as I said earlier, part of, part of Mid-Continent's mission, part of what we do is not only preserving the, the material, but preserving the methods. And we can only learn the methods from each other. There is no master list of this is how you do this, and this is how you do the other, and this is the proper way to do it. Um, we're lucky in that some people have preserved a little bit from here, a little bit from there. We find we find manuals for some of the individual pieces. Uh, something like uh, there's a magazine called the Boilermaker, and there's one fellow who has digitized the Boilermaker from 1907 to 1940. Kind of like Trains Magazine. <laughs> yes, but, but it, it was a technical trade manual, so there, there were a lot of technical things that were discussed. So it, it may not give you the exact process, but it, it shows you that, okay, these people did this process, these people did this process to do that job. So it, it gives you options on which way you think that you can <laughs> make things happen. But there are still some basic things that, you know, as the wheels go around, the, the distances between certain points have to be this in order for everything to move harmoniously. And, and to me, that's, that is the amazing part because we're out in the middle of the country in Middleton, Wisconsin, and you know, we're restoring something that, that is well over a hundred years old. And it's a small group of folks recreating a technology that has, has long since been gone and how that gets handed on and handed on and handed, how you go beyond the blueprints. That is so incredibly neat. So, And, and it's, it's something that knits us together as a community. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Progress continues to be made on the locomotive. Um, there's a, the, a lot of the appliances are being um, hung on the various parts of the boiler at this point. Um, uh, there's going to be a painting party to uh, address, you know, some of the parts and pieces. Um, let's let's take a look at the the backhead next, and because that's I think where a lot of the action's going on at the moment. And let's let's see what's going on back there. As as you say, the, the there are appliances that are being hung on the boiler, and those are appliances that have been rebuilt. They're ready for service, so the best place to store them is right here. Put them where they need to be. Yep. All right. All right, we are now at the back of 1385. If, if she was all together, I'd be standing in the cab right now. But the cab is right through the wall over here. They're still working on that. We'll get to the cab eventually. All right, Steve Rauderbush is the, the head man here at Spec Machine. And uh, this has kind of been a labor of love for you, hasn't it? Um, it's been labor. <laughs> the, the, the love you can take with a grain of salt. Um, there's days where it's a love-hate relationship, but it's it's been good. How can you hate a steam locomotive? <laughs> uh, well, it's another widget to me. Um, I don't know a whole lot about trains, um, but I know machinery. And so folks understand spec machine. You guys don't do steam locomotives every day of the week. You are a, a machine job shop. And kind of whatever comes in the door that you can wrap your head around, that's what we're working on. Yep, yep. We pretty much specialize in what no one else will do or try to do, and that's kind of what we do. And and that's how this got here. You didn't say no. <laughs> yeah, we don't say no too often. 
All right. So on the back head here, I know this has been a lot of progress, and I guess there's a couple things that that look interesting to me as far as um, you know how this is all coming together. So first off, way up on the top, I see some painters tape up there. What are we What are we marking off with that? That was just getting a, a rough idea of where the crown sheet is. So it was just kind of a rough idea, and then we used the water level to find the proper area where the crown sheet was. But it was pretty much just to get some ideas and, and find a place to start. Okay, and crown sheet being the, the top of the firebox and pretty important as far as where some of the things, the, the instruments are placed back here. Yeah, it's very important, you know, for safety to make sure you know where your water level is over the crown sheet. So it's, it's, it's very important. It's correct. Okay. I'm also noticing the stay bolts. We are, we are seeing the end of the, the tops of the stay bolts here. And if this were fresh out of the factory back in 1907, those stay bolts would all be, be flush. Why? Are, yeah. They'd, you know, be, they'd be much closer to flush, but this is, these have a, uh, full penetrated welded stay bolts. So current code means, says the stay bolts have to protrude the weld. So in order to accomplish mounting everything on the back head, um, spacers were built to go ahead and stand off the, the proud stay bolts, like here in the fire door and anything else that bolts to the back head. Okay, and I can see that, like you said, with the, the plate here, you actually had to put holes in it there to expose the stay bolts. And so that's a little add-on and, and adds some, some extra distance. Now, all those little distances that we're adding with something like this, does that affect things down the road? Uh, yeah, like here, you know, either you change the arms, change the, the, the arms. You, you, you need to take it all into account, you know, you need to adjust somewhere. Okay. And um, I noticed one of the most recent things that went on was the firebox door. And again, there's a, a special collar that had to be made to install that to accommodate what we've just been talking about here. Yep. Okay. What is, what's next here on the back head? Um, probably right now we need to place, you know, everything for the brakes, power reverse, and then the back head is getting pretty much buttoned up. We might be missing a few things, the gauges and lights, but uh, yeah, but all in all, it's getting close. Okay. And when the locomotive goes into operation, um, is this exactly what we're going to see, or is there like insulation that we'll need to go over this yet? It's, I believe it's insulated to probably just below the fire door uh, about the the middle or maybe just the bottom of the fire door yes it, it'll it'll have lagging and lagging and jacketing over that uh, on the outside the, the lagging and jacketing will come down to the running boards and then below the running boards it will it will be bare because that's that's how the, how it was as it was operating at North Freedom so that's that's what we'll be reproducing Okay. Steve, one other thing, when we came in and, and you know, we opened the big door and while we find a steam locomotive and you guys are a pretty small shop compared to, to some places. You told me you, you put this edition on just to take care of 1385. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, when we knew we were going to get a boiler, we put this edition on to make sure the 1385 could be completed and, you know, in weather. So you can get it done. Sure. So it, it means a lot to me to see it done. 
Neat. Now, as I mentioned, the, the, the cab is right next door here, um, along with a number of other parts and pieces. Will, will that assembly be done here or will that be done back at North Freedom? What, what, I guess, uh, what will the locomotive look like when it leaves here? It's going to look like a locomotive. <laughs> it's it's uh, the plans right now are to haul it out in one piece. We may have to, you know, maybe shed a, an axle or something for weight. Um, but no, it's going to go out as a full locomotive. Okay. Paint numbering here or, or back there? Well, most most of the painting has been done here, will be done here. Uh, we'll probably have to do a little bit of touch up. Yeah, well, there, there's always touch-up that has to be done, but the, the idea of the majority of it will be will be done before it leaves here. Okay. So then the big question, how long do you think before we see her run again? <laughs> Go ahead, Pete. It'll, she'll be done when she's ready. <laughs> you know, that I, I don't think there is a a steam locomotive restoration group that I've talked to that, that, you know, that isn't the answer, you know, Hey, if $10 million fell out of the sky today, man, we could, you know, we'd, we'd be moving right along. But when it's a labor of love and, and you're going through every little detail and nuance, which you can see here, you guys are doing a fantastic job with this. Um, yeah, you know, she gets done when she gets done, but when she's done, it's right it's it's the way it should be. yeah the one thing i can say all the work that's been done on here there's been no regrets if we weren't 100 percent comfortable with it we went back um so that's that's how the work happens around here all right 1385 from the chicago northwestern one of over 380 r1 10 wheelers uh being worked on here at spec machine outside of madison middleton um man when we get to see this run it it is going to be an incredible incredible piece of work um tell you what hey let's step over to mr bob's railroad bookshelf for a moment we brought the bookshelf on the road a couple of books you gotta gotta take a look at and from trains in kalmbach Guide to North American Steam Locomotives. If you want to learn about steam locomotives in North America, this is the one you got to pick up. Yeah, 1385 and her sisters are in here under the Chicago Northwestern. Um, this one you can pick up from KambachHobbyStore.com, uh, current publication. Um, this is also, some of you might remember if you go back, this this used to be a little, little small size book about 50 years or so ago, but get the big full one today, KambachHobbyStore.com, where you can find that great guide to North American steam locomotives. So now you've found the steam locomotives. Now you got to figure out how they work. <laughs> Brian Solomon, how steam locomotives work. Again, available at KalmbachHobbyStore.com. Not as technical as what Pete and Steve are getting with 1385, but this one's going to give you a nice basic look as to how a steam locomotive operates, and it'll go into a few of those those nuances. So the next time you see one, you know you can really converse and 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 sound like you know steam locomotives. Get this one at KombachHobbyStore.com as well. All right, gentlemen, let me get you both back over here. Um, first off, thanks for having us today, and and. Beautiful work, beautiful work. Well, thank you, and, and thanks once again for Trains for, for doing this, you know, getting the word out and, and allowing more people to, to see what the project is and, and where we're at and hopefully understand the detail we're going through, which takes time.
absolutely. You know, and the one thing I forgot to ask, okay, so, you know, I got a free weekend and I want to get my hands greasy. Can, can I volunteer? Um, if, a, if a person is a, a member of the museum, they can, they can volunteer. Um, there are not that many, we admit not many volunteer days on the 1385, but other projects in the museum, once the engine is back in the museum, then you know, there'll, there'll be plenty of work for everyone to do. All right. I, I don't know a museum that wouldn't use the extra hands, but uh, go to your website and you can sign up to be a museum member there and uh, and then help out on all the different projects. Steve, for a small shop, man, I, you guys you guys got a heck of an operation. This is this is beautiful, and I and I love the attitude that we're going to do it right, and if we don't like it, we're going to go back and make sure that it's right. Beautiful stuff. Yep. That's that's. How are, you, how are you get it done? <laughs> <laughs> All right. We will continue to follow 1385 as as well as a number of the other projects that, that we've looked at here on Trains Live. And, of course, we'll go behind the scenes and, uh, you know, look at a few more along the way. But, listen, between here and there, need to see you on trains.com. Plenty of new content going up there all the time. Make sure you check that out, trains.com. And of course, very soon, I really, really want to see you behind an issue of Trains Magazine. Do you like what you hear? Listen, check out this episode in video with a trains.com unlimited membership. Click the link in the episode notes and watch it today. Oh, wait a minute, not a member? Try our 30-day free trial of Trains.com, the ultimate online portal for anyone who loves trains of any size from any era. Trains.com, it's your home for the most comprehensive routing news and curated video series, articles, photos, and so much more, all about trains.